He's got a beautiful backswing. Dad! Oh, he got all of that one. Oh my gosh. That is amazing. Lay up with an iron into the hazard. Well, that wasn't quite what I meant, you know. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of the 73rd Hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Colby Powell, Taylor Williams, Sam Humphreys with you on a Monday. If you haven't had a chance yet, go listen to the interview that Taylor and Sam did last Thursday with Quade Cummins, star down at OU. Walker Cupper will be on the team in May at Seminole down in Florida. I couldn't be there, but they did a great job. That's a phenomenal interview. I listened to it on Friday. Can't recommend it highly enough. Also, while you're on your uh, devices, go to golfoklahoma.org. Subscribe to be on the email list. Listen to the podcast right there as well. When our link goes up, it goes up on golfoklahoma.org. What a great weekend of golf we had at the Arnold Palmer. Bay Hill continues to be one of the best courses on the tour. Bryson DeChambeau tames it and gets his first win since the U.S. Open. It was a big week for Big Bryson. Yeah, we, we have so many storylines to get into this week, guys. I mean, Arnold Palmer tournament normally gives some great ones, but we have plenty to get to. We have DeChambeau, Westwood, Speed, Ricky Fowler. I mean, we, we got all kinds of different rabbit holes to go down here. <clears throat> and obviously on our preview show, I recommended Rory over DeChambeau to everyone. That was a very nice pick by me, may I say. Gosh dang it. I, mean, <laughs> I, mean, I did too. that much. Hey, it looked good on Thursday, right? If we gave out the uh, yeah. the 18-hole the trophy instead of the 72-hole <laughs> trophy, we, would, we wouldn't have been bad. But, uh, I mean, DeChambeau, you got to give him credit. And, you know, I'm going to lead out the show just by saying, round four yesterday, guys, DeChambeau gained 2.23 strokes gained where? Putting. 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 DeChambeau. Just, just in the Listen, final round. Just in the final round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yesterday, 2.23 strokes gained putting everyone, Lee Westwood, minus 1.2 strokes gained putting. Guess how many DeChambeau won by? One stroke. Uh, one. One stroke. Math, right? yeah. one stroke. Um, T to green yesterday, Westwood was plus 3.68. Um, DeChambeau was 2.25. Hashtag dial it back. Go I mean, ahead, I mean, the putters let Westy down most of his career, though. Yeah, I mean, that was not not good for the claw brand yesterday. Wow. He had some figure eight strokes as T-Dub was texting us. He really did. He was he was pretty timid until that putt on 18. Um, I guess I'll, I'll start with Bryson. Um, what I saw from Bryson is he was dominating the field off the tee. I mean, I know that uh, we talk about the whole distance debate and everything, but yesterday, or this week, the event averages off the tee – I mean, he was positive 1.76. The next highest is uh, Jason Kokrak at point set plus 0.77. No one else in the top, no one else in the top 20 was above one on one stroke gained on the field off the tee. I mean, and he's one plus 1.76. Well, well, we should point out part of the reason for that is because it is such a tough driving golf course. It always plays hard and fast. The fairways are narrow and the rough is thick. Yeah, I mean, that's where he gained all his shots and then obviously putted great on uh, the last day. Um, but man, Westwood still, even with all of that being said, he had it on a platter all day and Westwood just did not take advantage of any of his opportunities. Like, I mean, the one, the obvious one that sticks out to everybody is 16. I mean, you got to put that ball on the green. First of all, take the pressure off your putting. Um, but then, I mean, he hit a decent chip, not a great chip. It was an okay yeah, chip. I mean, it, I it mean, was it still okay. ran six feet by. It was okay, and then just a terrible putt. And then, I mean. The putt was so bad. Uh, it was so bad. It never had a chance. And then, obviously, we get to 18, and my least favorite rule in golf, where somehow you're allowed to fix a ball mark on the green, but you can't take your ball out of a divot in the middle of the fairway, which I think is a joke. Right in the middle of the fairway. You could have, in those scramble tournaments where you draw a line, straightest line in the middle of the fairway, that's where Westwood would have been. And he <laughs> yeah. said, not have a fairway bunker, essentially. Yeah, no, I, I think that's dumb, and we can get into that a little bit if you want to, but I just thought that um, once he hit it in that divot, it took away the chance for him to really be aggressive and go with that pin. But, um, man, and then you had guys like Corey Connors who – didn't really – he kind of uh, was <laughs> having a little pillow fight out there until he made that eagle on 16 and then continued the pillow fight on the way in. I was going to say, and then immediately bogeyed, yeah. what, 17 and yeah. 18? 
Exactly. Yeah. yeah, he bogeyed 17 and 18. You have Warinsky, who was up there. You thought <laughs> you thought he might actually uh, backdoor a little playoff for a second, and then he has the easiest bunker shot in the world, and then he went flub, and then three-putt from like 10 feet. That was one of the biggest D-cell bunker shots I've ever yeah. seen. I, I was sitting in the living room watching it with my wife, and uh, I, I told her whenever he was standing over it, I, I looked at my wife, I said, okay, this is this has to be the easiest bunker shot on the course. I think he could hold this. I think there's a better chance yeah. he holds it than he doesn't get it up and down. Yeah. And then he hits he it. He not only didn't get it up and down, he made double. He hit it like I would hit it. Yeah. Just very safely get it out, get it onto the <laughs> green. Worst you can make is four. Yeah. That's what I would do from that bunker. Yeah. That's not what Richie Warinsky should be doing from that bunker. See, we're about to talk a lot about Bryson, but before we get to that, I want to talk Bryson. about <laughs> big Bryson, but I want to talk about Roy McAvoy. I mean, Rory McElroy. <laughs> he. I mean, death taxes and my guys choking on the weekend. I had six guys make the cut in DraftKings <laughs> this week. One of my guys is five under, and I have to see him on the weekend. I got to be careful with what I say here. I have to see him on the weekend eating ice cream every commercial break, smiling in my <laughs> face after a nine and then a WD. And he was all, on so many commercials. All, I, all, all that Justin Rose had to do was double his score from the first two days, and I win, even with Ricky Flower, who <laughs> plays like a flower on the weekend, if he even makes it to the weekend. I mean, what a joke. And then you have and then you have uh, freaking Rory, who's playing 10-cup, Roy McAvoy, on, and then he also the greatest, maybe the greatest double of all time. That is, uh, that is, that is so good. I, I saw him hit it in the twice, and then I got a text that said Rory made double. I said, wait, what? He, did they not? Re, did they replay it twice? He hit it in the water, so he literally made eagle on his third ball. Yeah, that is exactly what happened. Yeah, yeah exactly. from like two forty or two fifty, he hit it to three feet and knocked it in. But so, like you're saying, you had Justin Rose in your DraftKings. Yeah. So he WDs after he makes a nine on, on Saturday in the third round. In the third round, yeah. playing with Jordan. And then Steve. you also had Ricky as the starter at Bay Hill. Called him Ricky Flower. Yeah, exactly. Who made the cut on the number? Yeah. And then proceeded to shoot nine over on the weekend to yeah. finish in DFL seventy second yeah. place. And then you had Rory in your DraftKings lineup yeah. who hooked it in the water twice on number six. So Came up small. But by the way, every time they took a commercial break, it was Justin Rose, it was Ricky Fowler, and it was Rory McIlroy's <laughs> defining moment at the players. So you had it thrown in your face for four hours on Sunday. It was, it it had was to brilliant. Have, it, it had to feel pretty good, Sam, in all honesty. Why don't you all go ahead? i got to take a break yeah, before we talk about Bryson. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's get into Bryson a little bit because Bryson, look, I texted both of you guys yesterday. I tweeted this out. Bryson is growing on me. He is. Bryson is fun for the game. Bryson's a showman. On Saturday, <laughs> when he hyped up the crowd, and then he took that line he took, and he pointed to the sky with his driver and with his hands, like telling that ball to go, he clears the water on the line he took on Saturday by like 30 yards. It landed in the right center of the fairway and then kicked off into the rough. He's just... He's exciting. He's fun. He, he's kind of a douche sometimes, but he's fun. He's exciting. I, I don't know. Bryson right now, I mean, he's got to be the most polarizing figure in the sport right now, right? He's, I, go ahead. Go ahead. Just you go ahead. Polarizing. Yeah, no, I mean, you, you, you have to be when you, when you look at everything from the, from the big Bryson to the, you know, he came out. A lot of people don't realize, I mean, he came out. He won how many, what, two or three events before he even started bulking up. He won two. He won back-to-back -back playoff events. Yeah, and everyone's saying, it, oh, it's just the distance or whatever. But he came out. He first started initially by being the physics guy, the scientific, looking at the game from a different angle. Obviously, the single-length clubs, which everyone considered to talk about this weekend when he, anytime he's sitting out of the greenside bunker or hitting a rough shot with his wedges. And, you know, one thing to bring up about Bryson with his distance that a lot of people – a lot of people haven't tend to notice, I think, is like you know you notice seventeen and eighteen, which by the way I looked him up. Eighteen played as the hardest hole yesterday, seventeen was the third hardest hole yesterday. So eighteen played more than a stroke over par. It was a par four playing to a stroke average of about five point uh like five point oh four. Yeah. So so you know, one good point there is that both of the pars that uh Westwood and uh DeChambeau made on seventeen eighteen were actually really good pars. And almost anyone who made a bogey like Connors did not necessarily mean they're choking, just uh, they're hard holes. I mean first and the third hard Hardest holes on the on the course on a course that I mean eleven under was the winning score and for some reason we want to dial it back but I'm not going to get down that hole but the thing that I noticed most about DeChambeau's distance was that on seventeen and eighteen when he's going head to head with Westwood DeChambeau was able to take almost half or even more of a half more aggressive line at the pin for for anyone who wasn't watching both seventeen and eighteen pins were tucked essentially back right 
And so, or, or they were tucked. And so what, what Westwood had to do was he had to aim more left of the pin to allow his ball to roll out because he was hitting a long iron. DeChambeau was able to hit a, a six iron or, or especially a, a, on, on 17, Bryson hit six iron and I believe Lee Westwood hit four iron yeah. into 17 because it was playing dead into the teeth of the wind at 220. And, and, and obviously 18, Westwood was in, in the fairway bunker in the middle of the fairway, which is, you know, you're obviously not going to hit it that good, but his, Bryson's distance didn't necessarily give him the most advantage. Obviously, he math, uh, analytically off the tee is where he gained a lot of his strokes and most of them. But I think coming down the stretch, being able to hit those high approach shots into those hard greens with, with the tough conditions was what definitely at the end allowed him to prevail. And obviously, the two putts he made on 17 and 18 obviously did it because had he missed just one of those, we would have been in a playoff and who knows what would have happened. Yeah, I think a lot of people get blinded uh, by by Bryson's antics a little bit. You know, he he can be kind of a cheese, like whenever he points, like acts like it's a long drive competition, or when he kind of stares at the crowd after he wins. You know, but um, but as far as Bryson's game, I mean, I, a lot of people don't realize he had one of the best amateur careers that we've seen. Like, um, and that's before he ever bulked up. Um, one of the few players to win the NCAA and the U, the USM. And right. did, did he win the Western in the yeah. same year, too? Uh, he could have. And then he won the Transmiss. Um, that, or he would have. I think he won back-to-back. But it was the year that the, – the second year that he won the Transmiss was the year that it got shorted. Well, and uh, it, isn't, Hills, he the, I think. isn't he the only other player aside from Tiger to win an NCAA individual title, a USAM, and a US Open? Has anybody else ever done that? Uh, did Nicholas win NCAA? I, I can't remember if he did or not. I can't remember if he did. I'll, I'll try to look at it. Say, yeah, Ryan, Ryan Moore didn't win the U.S. Open. But yeah. Anyways, my point is, what he's doing, you don't have to like. Um, like I said, the antics. Um, but you do have to respect his game. I mean, the guy is transforming how people think about the game, and whether you like it or not, it's working. Uh, to a, at least a certain extent, and it's working on a consistent basis now, and. It's real quick, Sam, yep. Jack did do it. Jack, Tiger, and Bryson. Okay. Those are the three. Wow. NCAA Individual Championship, USAM, and USO. Got it. No, yeah. And it's, it, basically, it's interesting because when Bryson started doing this long ball stuff, uh, we were saying, well, this will never work at a US Open. Well, it's actually uh, after scientific, <laughs> like, it, the hypothesis was wrong. You know, uh, our hypothesis was wrong about that. We, It's actually the complete opposite. He actually gains more shots on the field on courses that are tougher driving courses with tighter fairways and longer rough. And just like the U S open courses or the Bay Hills of the world, or, you know, that even like Detroit, it's like a tree line golf course, you know, where you just hit driver and there's no native grass. There's no OB. It's just more just fairway and deep rough, you know? And so it's very interesting, but, um, where Bryson surprises me is how much touch he has on the greens with that putting style. And it, it literally, he's spiral showcasing all these putts. Like they look really good. Like he, whatever he's doing, like I wouldn't be opposed to like trying that because I mean, it's unbelievable how good the ball looks as it's rolling. It looks uncomfortable to me, but like, it looks really good. Oh, it's so, so rigid his technique, but I mean, you know, you, the mark of a good putter is not even necessarily how many, how many you know thirty footers do you make, how many bombs do you make, but really, what what do we all know Tiger as the best clutch putter ever? And what did Bryson do yesterday? Gained two point two or two point three six putting, so whatever. So he gained point six six on the week. So right. to put that into perspective. The putting stroke showed up under pressure, which yeah. is something that is we saw it with Morikawa whenever he first switched to the saw at uh, Riviera. Mm-hmm. Played pretty good for first two days. Gets to the weekend DFL and putting by a mile because he's yeah. not comfortable with what he's doing. Right. DeChambeau obviously tied for the lead in the tournament, and I mean there was a few guys there at the end that could win it, but essentially for the last three or four holes, it was DeChambeau Westwood going down at it. So he's he's almost playing match play with the guy in front of him, and he has to make a five footer on eighteen and a. a solid four-footer on 17. I mean, to make those strokes is that important. Putt, I don't think pe- people realize how much pressure is on that putt on 18. After West, after Westwood great hit... Great putt by Westwood, by yeah, the way. we got to give Westwood credit on that putt. It, it was it was a great putt, um, and it also put all the pressure on Bryson after he blasted it by about five feet. It, it was five so, feet coming... I mean, it, it was I a mean, legit five feet coming back. I mean, yep. that was... I mean, anyone else, I mean, we, we've seen it numerous times where a guy does something similar to that. I mean, I always think back to, like, 
a Tom Watson when some guy hits it like five feet by on eighteen. I'm like, oh no, yeah. don't you know? And, and but I mean, it, it was going back three, to, three weeks ago, we saw Max Homa miss a three and a half footer. Exactly, now, it was it was his first putt on the green, and it was a lot harder putt. It was a lot harder fair. putt, but it was to win the tournament. Yeah, so but, those but what are never I'm, given. But yeah, and what I'm saying is, it backs your point up. You have to make that putt in that situation with all the pressure on you and with the crowd heckling you in the background. I mean, that shows that he's trusting what he's doing and he's trusting his processes, which, I mean, if he's putting like that, I mean. You know, that's one thing I was going to bring up because you made a good point there, Sam, about the fans heckling. And did anyone get a little nervous after he was about to hit the putt and then backed off? You know, when he was oh, up, you yeah. know, and, and the crowd started giving giving him hell, like hit the ball and all this stuff. I mean, the I'm, crowd did start giving him some grief. That's something Let's, that we hadn't seen in a while because of no fans and something. No fa- having fans this week was refreshing, was it not? It was. Oh, nice. it was great. It, it was, was great. nice. Let, let's see. So that was a six hundred and sixty one thousand dollar putt that Bryson DeChambeau was hitting on number eighteen. That's the difference between first and second. I even texted you guys yesterday and I was like, God, will the crowd give this guy a break? This seven hundred thousand dollar putt he's hitting. Uh not quite that, but still that that was a big time putt that he hit on eighteen. Let let's go back to both Saturday and Sunday on number six. Go well, ahead. Well go one ahead. point I want to make about Bryson before we switch over to Saturday, because there was a lot of action Saturday. Of the seventy two people who made the cut where do you think Bryson ranked in driving accuracy this week? Driving accuracy? Oh, I'd say... I mean, he wasn't... I don't think he would have been that low. Out of 72 people, I'd say he maybe ranked 20th in driving accuracy. I'm going to go first. He was tied for 25th. Okay. So, 25th? I thought you were asking for... <laughs> no, no, it could have been a trick. Yeah, yeah. It, well, it slightly is because people think that, oh, his distance is the only thing that's carrying him. Well, if it was the only thing, he would be down here with who was dead last at 39%. Uh, local guy Charles Howell III, uh, Colby Earpick, Victor Hovland was tied 68th in driving accuracy. So these guys aren't hitting as far as Bryson DeChambeau, but he's hitting... Bryson hit um, in the four rounds, hit 57% of the fairways, which was good for tied 25th. So these people saying that he's going out there and just out-bombing the course, look at the numbers and you realize that if he was missing all the fairways like some of these other pros were, might not be winning and might not be shooting as low. It's not all about distance, guys. Well, well, not only that, there are some holes where Bryson is not trying to hit the fairway. On number six, Bryson knows that if he takes the line that he chose to take Saturday and Sunday, he knows that he's playing either from the right rough or from that fairway bunker. It was an 88-yard fairway bunker shot that he had on Sunday. He knows that he's not going to be able to hold that fairway downwind coming in at that angle, but it, it was incredible. The second short Shortest shot that was hit in the number six yesterday was from 231 yards. But because of the angle Bryson is able to take, he played from 88 yards in that bunker, misses the green, gets up and down and makes birdie. But the way I look at it, he took that line twice. Both times he got it inside 100 yards, and both times he made birdie, even though he hit poor second shots. So to me, by taking that line, Bryson's almost making it to where the worst score he can make on that hole is a four, unless he just totally screws it up. I thought it was awesome strategy. I thought it was awesome theater, and I thought it was I thought it was really great for golf. Yeah, well, I think you know one thing too is that like people are saying, oh, why doesn't why did Deschambeau go for the green? Why not? Oh, that'd be so cool. Well. A few things. One is that even if he could fly the green, he's not going to be able to hold it. And so he's going to be hitting from long of the green with water on the opposite side of him. Who wants that shot? That's a 30 to 40 yard shot Nobody. With, with water on the complete opposite side with the pin tuck. And, and he's not going to be on the fringe. He's either going to be in the back of that bunker on the downslope or he's going to be past all the fairway grass in the rough if he actually takes the line of the green. Yeah, but I don't. I still don't understand the line that he took being in that fairway bunker because the everybody knows that the toughest shot in golf is the 50 to 80 yard bunker shot. I think he was trying to hit it in the rough and it accidentally caught the bunker. I, okay. I, I think you would rather have an 80 yard bunker shot than a 230 yard iron shot. It might Maybe, be. but it was downwind and he hits his what? 200 yards? I mean, it might, 230 yard shot downwind. I mean, go, go drop 100 balls from 230 with water left and go drop 100 from 80 in a bunker. I'm, See how many you hit. I'm close. not saying 230 because he wouldn't have been 230. I think he could have hit a three wood out there about 190 and hit wedge in. What, what, did he make birdie, Colby? Uh, did he, 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 made, he, made he made birdie on Saturday and yeah. Sunday. He oh. had to get up and down from a similar spot but, to where Westwood was. But he never was. gave himself yeah. an eagle my, chance my, is my only point. My, my point, too, is that, okay, also, if you're, if you're 
But just we're just talking say, about number six. No, I'm not this, talking this about Bryson six. at all because I, I want to get into to even a, a different hole, which is going to be contradictive to the um, distance argument, which was number ten. But on number six, I mean, how many times have we been 200 yards out and pulled an iron ten yards, right? Well, right. I, I pulled it so, shot so, ten, and and that's what would happen. All of a sudden, I think with Bryson hitting yep. that long drive, he eliminates the big number. I think that's what he does because even if he hits his second shot in the water, like let's say he just blades his bunker shot, he's gonna be able to drop and, and hit four and then chip up and hit five. You so, know what so, I'm saying? So, let me make a point about the wind on Sunday because the wind was blowing dead down from T to flag. But dead down from T to flag is not dead down if you aim 200 yards right. It's a totally different angle. It's a totally different wind. And on the broadcast, one thing that they were talking about with Rory's angle is that Rory either needed to go like another 50 yards left or he needed to go another 20 yards right because the angle Rory took where he splashed it twice was kind of in between. It, yeah. it, it was, you know, these guys are coming in from 230 and the Bryson's coming in from 88. It's like Rory tried to take the in-between line and give himself 170 in, but the wind at that angle ate Rory's ball up, whereas since Bryson went another 50 yards left, I think the wind helped push his. So I think that the wind on six based on the way they were talking about it on the broadcast, was trickier than, than we would have been led to believe. Like, I get I get what Bryson was doing, and, I, and I'm not saying it didn't work because it worked. And But what I'm saying is if you really want to give yourself an eagle chance, you take that 50-yard bunker shot out of play because, I mean, the closest he was going to get that is 30 feet because he, he, the better shot to hit would have been to like fat it out, let it run out, and probably is not going to run to the hole. You I, know I will I mean? say this. If he could have guaranteed himself like 140 yards in from the fairway, I would take that but, shot over the 90-yard bunker my shot. My point is he flew the water by like 20 yards. So like if he aims left or right, he's fine. You know what I mean? Well, and I mean, you think of the whole we, – we, they saw the aerial shot, so it's like a boomerang, right? So whenever you draw a line – such an awesome hole, by the so, way. Yeah. So, so good. It's so a good hole. It, it really is. So whenever you draw a line from the end of a boomerang to the other, it's going to be shorter, right? And then so with the, the way it curves, the further right that you go – and essentially, the longer it actually gets. And so, like you said about Rory, there's a point, and obviously it's not shaped like a perfect boomerang, but I, I Google Earth it. It was essentially a 345-yard carry to, to carry the from the tee box to the green, to carry the rocks. It would have been 345. But going out just a little bit further to the right, it was like 360. But then you go a little bit further over, it's like, 320. Okay, well, that's what DeChambeau yeah. did. And then kind of right in that Rory range is where it kind of, there's like a little bit of yards where it all stays the same, where it's like 320. So it's like you aim out 100 yards right, it's the exact same carry so, as if it's 60 yards right. Which you is why you it, see... It's like the fence of a Major League Baseball park, where <laughs> it starts at, on, on the corners, it's like 330, and then you get out and it's like 440 in right center, but in left center, it's only like 410. Well, well, it's yeah. kind of weird going what's, around. What's the classic field we used to play on the video game, Colby, where uh, it, was like two, it was like 260 and it's like yes. 580 to the middle or whatever it was. Yes. It was really yeah. crazy. So, I mean, it's it's kind of the same principle of that where, I, I don't know, just the fact, because I, I spent a lot of time on Twitter, especially yesterday, uh, and just reading what people are talking about, you know, in the golf where I follow just a, a million golf accounts. And, I mean, everybody was hyped for Bryson to get to number six. It was building anticipation. Everybody was tuned in. They were they were jacked up for it. And I'm just saying, Tiger's going to be on the shelf for at least a year. Golf needs excitement. It needs a reason for people to turn their TVs on. And I, I think what Bryson did this weekend gave a lot of people the reason to, to press that power button and switch over to the golf. And as far as the distance debate goes, um, I think it's also an advantage for Bryson, I, I don't understand why people don't see it as a skill to hit the ball far. I don't understand why he can be the yeah, only... Fitzpatrick. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't, nice 10th place finish yeah, while if Bryson's he's the, out there hoisting the trophy. If Bryson is the only guy doing it, what's the problem with it? It's not like the whole... Everybody can just drive the green on this par 5. No, he is the only guy that even came close to trying to do that. Also, and, it's not like anyone else is going to be able to do yeah. it because nobody else is going to spend a calendar year eating 50,000 calories a day exactly. and spending six hours in the gym and six hours at the golf course. Nobody else is going to uh, do that. It's ridiculous. And, of course, golf technology helps you hit it farther. But, but Bryson, he was a skinny little guy, and he beefed up. Did everything he could to. He was worked worked with uh, long drive guys. He ate a, like twenty protein shakes a day and everything. You know, it it's a skill, and he worked at it, and he learned how to hit the ball far. 
It's C- not. Can I not make the argument that the technology gave Bryson the ability to take the line that he gave he took on six, and the technology also gave forty-seven-year-old Lee Westwood the ability to play that golf course right alongside Bryson DeChambeau? Yeah. Guys, on number eighteen, Bryson hit it high, didn't get a lot of roll. Westwood hit it low, got a lot of roll. Westwood was only like fifteen yards behind Bryson yeah. in that divot. On and 18. we're talking a lot about number six, and they both made birdie. They both made four. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, I mean, you're talking about, like, for example, the distance. Like, number 10 is a really good example of this. I, one of my old friends from uh, college, shout out Johnny Ellis. He, Another um, good hole. He, he's, he's played the course, and he's – some of these holes, man, they're saying these guys are having to take, like, 50 yards over the houses. Um, it's probably similar to the, the whole – the course you play at Colby, the Greens, number oh, three. Yeah. You know, probably – there's probably, like, five holes out there where these ter- pros are doing it. So, I watched number 10, right? Thursday – or, I'm not, I'm sorry, not Thursday. Saturday, DeChambeau takes this huge line over. Everyone's showing it. Oh, it's this marvelous shot. He's like 50 yards from the green. What does he do? Missed the green. Didn't, I, he, didn't even hit the green. Yeah, I, next, I, think next, was, I think he was like 38 yards from the pin. Yeah, a fit, yeah thir- that sounds a lot better than 50, so thank you, Colby. <laughs> and so the next day, what, what am I doing? I'm watching the golf. Rory takes the same line. Rory does the same thing DeChambeau does, Rory, which no one talks about Rory, but DeChambeau hits the same line. What does Rory do from the same yardage? He flubs it, misses the green by even worse, and has to make a <laughs> six footer for par. Well, but, and that's, uh, why? Why? But that line it shows just because you're closer to the hole, kind of like you said, Sam. Right? You don't want the eighty yard bunker shot a lot, no. right? E- even though I I made the argument you'd rather have that than the two thirty shot. Right. I do agree you'd rather have like a hundred forty yard wedge yeah. shot, like any time. I see right? what you're saying. So, like with with those guys, just because you can drive it closer to the green. And obviously, over the over the time, analytically, that adds up. But there's certain holes where if the pin's tucked overwards or you're downwind or if there's a slope there, you don't have to hit the bomb every single time to put yourself in the best spot. And, and we, I think we saw that in number 10 with how – I mean, Rory and DeChambeau are, drove it the closest by far. And they're both scrambling – I mean, scrambling their ass off for par. Yeah, and if we look at par 5 scoring, I talk about it every week. It's the most important thing in professional golf because that's where you gain your shots on the field because if you can make birdies and eagles consistently on those par fives, you're going to gain shots on the field. Look at like what Corey Connors did this week. What did he finish? He finished in third place solo. Solo he third. Was, he Six, was 641,000. For a guy like Corey Connors, that, that's a big chunk of change. Exactly, and he was 12 under on the par fives this week. And uh, what he, he eagled 16 three times, by yeah, the way. He eagled the same days. hole three times. Exactly. And he finished eight under. He was 12 under on the par five. So he played <laughs> four over on the rest of the holes. Well, and, and you, this goes back to even what Taylor was saying about Bryson's advantage on the par threes. These are all long par threes yeah. at, uh, at Bay Hill, all over 200 yards, very similar to what we'll see at Southern Hills next May whenever, whenever Bryson comes and tries to tame Southern. And it, it's like on 17, so many guys ended up over there in that bunker where Wierenski was at, and so many other guys were over there. And what does Bryson do? He takes a six iron that he can hit higher and that he can land softer than everyone else. Bryson is the only one in the last two hours of that broadcast who was able to take the line that he took. That was a heck of a shot, though, to hit that oh baby draw off the water. Such a I good mean, shot. that was Absolutely. a beautiful With a one-shot shot. lead, that's yeah. such a good shot. And then another thing you said yesterday that we need to talk about, Bryson... Okay, winged foot. What is that? It's a long golf course. It's narrow, and it has thick, thick rough. Right. What is Bay Hill? It's a long golf course. It's narrow. It's got thick, thick rough. Yeah. And what did Bryson do? He tamed them both because he's hitting it down there so far, and he's still hitting higher than the field average in fairways like he did at winged foot, like he did at Bay Hill. So if he's coming out of the rough, what was the hole yesterday? Was it maybe 14, where he had like 127 yards in from the left rough. He kind of had a tree in front of him, and he hit a, a wedge shot. Maybe it was 15. He hit a wedge shot, and it got up to like 12, 15 feet, and he just destroyed it out of this rough. And the only reason he was doing that was because he was able to come in from 127. A, a lot of other guys in the field coming in from 170, right. they're hitting eight irons out of this rough, and they just can't get the ball anywhere near the flat. Right. Well, you know, I, I remember back to, to Saturday, boys, with um, with his shot he in 18. I'm not sure if y'all remember this. I mean, he's over way right on his drive, way right. And he's sitting way down the rough. And and uh, everyone in the commentators, oh, he's going to have to aim left out on the green. And he, Bryson said in his post round, he was trying to hit it in the in the left bunker and he just gives this lash as open you oh anytime you're in the thick rough anyone's listening open up the club face because the rough is going to take the hosel and turn it left so he, he held it open trying to get it through there and made a huge lash what did he do hit it up to 15 20 feet or whatever and two put yep. and so that enabled him to get in the final group which gave him a big push but also too 
it reminded me of Tiger back in the day because he was, I mean, how many times did we see Tiger hacking out of the thick roof with the one-legged follow-throughs? And But no one else was doing that. Right, you know? and and to win a golf tournament on the PGA Tour, you also have to get a little lucky, and he got really lucky twice yesterday. On his first tee shot, he hit it over there by the fence. That could have oh, easily yeah. gone out of bounds. Very lucky. That was lucky, and then he also got lucky that Westwood – didn't take advantage on 16 after he hit. That was the only bad drive he hit after. That was the only bad bad drive that uh, Bryson hit after number one into that bunker up against the lip, you know. And then uh, Lee didn't take advantage of it and didn't put it on the green and didn't, you know, get it up and down. So so let's do this. Let's take a break, and then I want to come back, and I want to talk about some of the antics, his comments he made coming out of the bunker on 11, <laughs> some of the some of the things, you know, the, the post-game, the post-round presser, all this stuff, just the Bryson antics of the show. That's what we're going to talk about after the break, in addition uh, to much more. Stay with us here. A lot more coming up on the 73rd Hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. When something the size of a golf ball hits your roof, you need to call McRae Roofing. McRae Roofing is Oklahoma's designer roofing service specialist. For years, Jeff McRae and the experienced team at McRae Roofing and Exteriors have served fellow Oklahomans by helping them with their roofing needs. McRae Roofing uses only top quality materials and professional crews to make sure that each job is done right so it will give you the years of service, security, and protection you need from the unpredictable Oklahoma weather. McRae Roofing offers residential and commercial roofing, ventilation services, and custom copper designs. McRae Roofing is dedicated to exceeding the homeowner's expectations. It's not just a roof, it is your home's crowning glory. Call McRae Roofing today at 405-692-4000. That's 405-692-4000. Make sure to also visit their website at McRaeRoofing.com. That's M-C-R-A-Y Roofing.com. Don't get caught with a leaking roof. Contact McRae Roofing for your free inspection today. Welcome back. Rolling along here on the 73rd hole. Every week they play 72. We give you the 73rd and we're the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. I'm going to keep telling you to do it because I know for a fact not all of you have done it. Go to GolfOklahoma.org. Subscribe to be on the email list. Check out everything they have to offer. They had some great stuff last week uh, about the Walker Cup with, of course, Austin Eckrow and Quade Cummins here from the state of Oklahoma. Members at the same club, Oak Tree National, will be playing together in the Ryder Cup for the United States in the month of May, and uh, also go listen to the interview that Taylor and Sam did this past Thursday with Quade Cummins. It was phenomenal. He talked about why he chose to go to OU, what it's like being on the number one team in the country. He, he talked about you, you know some of the, the the adversity, not not being able to play Oklahoma State at Karsten. He talked a lot about that uh, and, and what that meant to him and what this season means to him. So go listen to that interview with Quade Cummins. It was phenomenal. And then uh, Sam, I know you, you played at Tulsa and then at UMKC, and UMKC is down at Trinity for us this week, so let's shout out your guys down there. Yeah, UMKC is back playing again after they basically uh, suspended, not suspended the team, I don't know the right term. Postponed. Uh, postponed the yeah, team. put it on hold. Uh, because of COVID and budget reasons, uh, they did that for about half the sports teams at UMKC. Um, but obviously, now that COVID is dying down a little bit, they got some more funding, and now they're back playing again. They only had to take off the fall, which was phenomenal job by the UMKC athletic department and the right decision. Um, but... They are down at Trinity Forest this week, and the Oklahoma Connection playing at Trinity Forest this week is McCain Shellhart uh, of Edmond, Oklahoma, played at Edmond Memorial. And uh, McCain, he shot 71 yesterday, and he is in 10th place uh, midway through the second round. Also, my guy, Paul Fulkier, but McCain Shellhart, Dr. Chipinski. Dr. McClinic himself uh, is in the top 10, and it's a really cool thing that uh, McCain's doing, actually. He got married and then got his COVID year, so he's like, man, do I go back uh, and go up to UMKC up in Kansas City and leave my wife back here? And actually, he's living in Oklahoma City, 
and doing COVID school online and then flying to the tournaments, which is a pretty cool thing. That's pretty and, awesome. Yeah, I mean... It, he probably drove to Trinity Forest, I'm guessing. <laughs> I don't know. He might have. Uh, but it, I thought that, that was a pretty cool thing that uh, at least some guys are doing now, living in uh, remote locations. I didn't even know that was possible. But uh, shout out to McCain Shellhart. Hopefully he finishes well. Um, they... The, the team is doing okay, but McCain is top 10, and Paul Fulquier was top 10 yesterday as well. So Awesome. And, yeah, we're going to keep with the kind of local flair here. I want to sh- uh, first start with the OJGT event that was held, uh, finished up yesterday. In the girls' division, um, I want to make sure – I probably will mispronounce this last name. Grace uh, Kil- Kilcrease won by 10 shots, guys. She shot wow. one over. Next best was a Margaret Yulrich who shot 11 over. Do so, you have there what course they played? Uh, Bailey Ranch. Okay. And, right. uh, for nice the, job, Grace. Wow, one by 10. Congratulations. That's awesome. And for the boys' division, looks like Rhett South shot a two-under total, um, beat, um, beat Brady – uh, Wicker and Rhett Hughes, uh, both Punk City and Edmond by three shots. Rhett is from Fayetteville, Arkansas. So getting some, getting a little oh, bit more national flavor. So um, Rhett came across state lines and took uh, a trophy. It looks like Grace is from uh, Arkansas as well. So it looks oh. like uh, looks like we got some intruders trying to invade our territory here, <laughs> Oklahoma. So we got and yeah. um, before we shift it over to Colby and back to the PJ Tour event. Since we're speaking of alma maters, um, mine Oklahoma Christian is currently in third at the Las Vegas Desert Classic. Uh, final round is today. So. So, boys, go out and bring it home while... Um, Sp- while speaking while of courses, is that uh, Summerlin? Do they play Summerlin when they go out there? Uh, it's called Royal Lynx Golf Club is what it looks like. So, so not Sutherland. Okay. No. 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 <laughs> and, and also local, the only other local school I'll see in that tournament is Cameron. So, they're from okay. Lawton. So, so, a little bit of local flavor there. So. And then, obviously, you'll see OU and OSU uh, later this week down at the University of Texas. So, a little OU Texas at Texas uh, and OSU Texas at Texas will be nice yeah, later absolutely. in the week. absolutely. That'll be good. A lot of great golf down in the Austin area. Match play coming up in a few weeks, which, by the way, Jordan Spieth is now in. He's gotten himself into match play. Before we talk about Bryson's antics, let's talk about Spieth's Saturday because Spieth's Saturday was like what I imagine doing hard drugs would be like in the form of a golf round. He starts off with a 30-footer for birdie on one. He steps up on a 222-yard par three, number two, makes an ace. He then hooks it in the water on three, makes like a 40-footer for par, makes another 20-footer for par on five, holds out a bunker shot, makes a bomb for par on ten. It was... The full Jordan Spieth experience compacted into like two and a half hours. And I'm not even like a big Spieth guy, but I'm kind of rooting for him now that he's on the comeback trail. And it was electric, insane, intense. It was, I mean, it was it was the full Spieth experience. Well, you know, guys, I'm I'm pretty big in statistics and this kind of thing. And I, I tried to sit down. I literally got out my, <laughs> my statistics textbook to, to, to try to figure out if I could comprehend how how inconceivable what speed did was put into perspective here, guys, 50% on the PJ tour is an eight foot putt, right? Speeth made what, what'd you say, Colby? He through 10 holes. He had 120 something feet of putts with a holdout greenside bunker shot and a hole in one. So he didn't even putt on two of those holes, and he still had 122 uh, feet this, of putts. Get this on Saturday. He was positive about three shots on the field. Total strokes gain. He was minus about two shots on the field off the tee. Wow. I, I no, totally believe it because uh, it's, it's, where, it's, where was he at in approach? But then in round four, so. Where, where it, was he at in approach? He had to have been way up there. On, he, he actually was he, only on approach? seventh best in the field on Saturday in yeah. approach. He had one of the really, well, one great putting rounds. I was just going to say it was interesting to watch Spieth's uh, numbers just as far as strokes gain go because on the field, uh, he was about even in everything except for approach. He was a little better than that, about 1.37 strokes on the field. But, like, in round one, in round one, he was positive three, basically, on the field putting. In round two, putting, he was about even. In round three, he was about positive a stroke and a half. And in round four, putting, he was minus two shots on the field. So, I, it was I, very I, interesting. I, I remember, I think, watching that live. What did you say he ended up on, his putting was on Saturday, Sam? On uh, Saturday? His putting on Saturday was a shot and a half. Yeah, I remember watching it Positive. live. He was at least at 2.8 at one point in time. So, his last few holes dropped off bad. Yeah, because his first 11 holes, he didn't miss anything. And then his last seven holes Saturday, he really didn't make anything. So, and just to put it in perspective here, right? So, it's like... Like, if you're flipping a coin, right, and you say, oh, well, how many times can I get heads in a row? And so each time is 50%. And so the longer you go into that, the more likely you are to not land on a heads, right? So 
if a turb pro is 50% from 8 feet, what are the odds that in the same round they're going to make a hole-in-one from 222 yards, they're going to make a 20-footer, they're going to make a 31-footer, they're going to make a 15-footer. Um, one underrated putt he didn't make. He made a 7-footer for par on 6, which yeah, a lot of people don't know. Which was a really good putt, yeah. It, Hole out a bunker shot on seven and then make a well, let, me, let me get the exact how old yardage. Made on 10? 36 feet. <laughs> so if 50%, if flipping a coin, 50% is an eight foot putt, think incrementally how much less percentage it is for all of those shots to have. I mean, what are the odds that you make a hole in one in a round? Uh, one in, one in, in a not, billion or like whatever? 12 million, I think. Is, is the odds to make a hole in one something uh, ridiculous? If I was able to sit down and do the math here, I would venture to bet that. To do what Speed did in those ten hole stretch would be the equivalent to probably winning the lottery. I'd say about a hundred times. Uh, by by I the way, I just googled odds to make a hole in one. The odds of making a hole in one are twelve thousand five hundred to one. That's for us mere mortals. For professional golfers, the odds of making a hole in one dropped to twenty five hundred to one, which is actually a lot better than I thought. By the way, there were more aces this week than, than, sounds... than just that. Well, and, and, Christopher Ventura, Ace Ventura yesterday, go pokes. Yeah, had mm-hmm. the ace at number fourteen. Yeah. I, I, I tweeted Ventura Ace, and then Sam <laughs> came in and corrected me, Ace Ventura. Yeah. Total oversight. <laughs> on my Such part. an underrated movie, yeah. by the way. Such, and then you had, an had oversight. You had on jazz. My you had jazz with the hole in one as well. Jazz, jazz General Tanner. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very impressive. Wow. Say it one more time. Jazz General Tananant. That is, that is I, very I good. I still think I pronounced it wrong because I think it's actually pronounced Jazz Jane Watananand. Jane Watananand, <laughs> I think is how it's pronounced. But so, so I wanted to ask you all a question. Go back to speak real fast. Is he getting close to winning? As in, like, do you think he wins in the next two to three months? Or is he just making good strides toward kind of getting his game back? Is he going to hoist a trophy in the somewhat near future? I, I was texting my uh, my college group text not too long ago, and I'm going out with a bold statement here. I'm, I say... I say we see maybe a, maybe a year stretch. It might be a little shorter, maybe a little longer. I think he goes on a phenon type of run where he's up there on the top of the leaderboard and doesn't hoist the trophy. Ooh. I think that's what we're seeing. I think we're going to see a lot of very high finishes from Spieth, but I think the nerves are going to be there, and I think he's just going to have a lot of finishes where he doesn't close. And I don't I don't know when he'll be able to break through eventually, but I, I think we're going to see this period of Spieth's golf here where he's right on the line, right on the line. Weekend's not really there. Maybe have a few bad shots on the back nine on Sunday. I think I think we're going to see that as a trend more than him prevailing and getting the win. But obviously, like I said last week, I thought Rory would have a better chance than Bryson, so you never know. But that is my bold statement. I think we will go at least – I do not think Spieth will win in 2021, in my opinion. Really? Okay, I uh... – Man, it's so tough. He's playing good golf right now. He and, really and, is. And I think he'll be, he might potentially be a top 15 guy in the FedEx Cup, too. That, I, I'm saying that he's going to play good golf. I just don't think he's going to win. Well, he's also playing more golf, so he has more chances to accrue points. And with these high finishes that he's getting, he's gotten himself high enough back up now where he gets into World Golf Championships. So he'll be at the match play down in Austin. But, Sam, what do, what do you think about Spieth? I was just looking this up right now. Uh, I was just curious. Spieth's odd, odds to win the Masters. About- oh, can I guess? Can I guess? Yep. Uh, I haven't looked in in a while. I'm going to say he's playing better. He's a crowd favorite, 25 to 1. No, they're uh, actually all the way up to 12 to 1. 12 I was going to say 20. Yeah. 12, 12 to 1. Yeah. I, th- I, I think he plays good as a guest. I don't see any way he gets the jacket, though. I don't see any way. Yeah, that's yeah. – I just – so many guys are playing so well, and and – 12 to and, 1? And much more recently, remember how to win. Because that's the, I mean, that's all that's missing right now, right? I mean, he's just kind of forgotten how to win. He hadn't done it in four years. You Even Tiger, whenever he came back, he talked about how big the Valspar was for him when he finished second to Paul Casey because he was able to build up to that win. And, and winning the Tour Championship was able to lead Tiger into knowing that he could close it out at Augusta. And I think that all Spieth is missing right now is knowing. Because, you know, Spieth, it, he, it's been Saturday Spieth for the last couple months. We've had Saturday speed, and it's been a lot of fun. And then Sunday speed has been a huge dud. Now, it's just a matter of taking that and parlaying it into that, that magical Sunday performance. I will, I'll vary from you, Taylor. I think he does win in 2021. I'll, uh, well, I'll, well, pick a site then. If you're so bold, pick a site. Where's it I'll, happening? I'll, uh, pick a site's tough because you never know when he's going to put it all together. But I will say before July 1st, Jordan Spieth hoist the trophy. I got a, he's playing I got, good golf. Right I got now. a Canes on that. You got a Canes on it. I got a Canes right. on it. I got a Canes right. on it. Right. Before July first, Jordan Spieth hoist the trophy. Yep. Sam, does he win this year? No. 
No. All right. We got no. two no's and a yes. Here, let, let's let's just look off of um, this year. <sighs> this year for speed scoring average. First round, he ranks 103rd. Can you not tell me what the fourth is? I don't want to know. It's really not that that different compared is to the first not? and okay. second because on uh, second he's 108th, um, 30, 71st, and fourth he's 123rd. So I mean, it's 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 higher, but it's not not drastically. 123rd. I mean, I, I, and what did you say it was on Saturday? Um, 71st. Not as high as I would have thought. No, it's, he, he's just had some electric moments on Saturday. The putt at Waste Management where he pointed at the guy in the crowd. The hole-in-one on Saturday. It's just been electric for him on Saturday. And here's to put in perspective a good little segue because I've been wanting to bring up uh, I've been wanting to bring up uh, Rory McIlroy a lot. So here's to put Rory's numbers into perspective. So in uh, 2020 for Rory, because we talked about his Sunday woes, Rory ranks first in first-round scoring, third in second-round scoring, 52nd in third round scoring, 81st in fourth round scoring. And is that in 2021 or 2020? That is 2020. 2020, And so 2021 this year, he ranks 96th in scoring average first round, 75th second round, um, 7th in third round. So so Rory's more of a third round guy. Apparently, yeah. Yeah. And then um, fourth round guys? 141st. 140. That's totally not surprising at all. Rory McIlroy has had the Sunday woes. It's the reason he hasn't won anywhere worldwide in 16 months. So the last two years, yeah, I mean, he's averaging, what is it? Yeah, 81st and just so much higher than he has been on the in comparative rounds to before. All right, Colby and Taylor, who wins first, Finau or Spieth? Ooh, Finau. Finau or Spieth. Finau or Spieth. This is such a hard question. They're both I, playing pretty good I legitimately right think that either one could break through in the next couple of months. The problem is I've already I, I've already backed myself into a corner because I said Spieth, <laughs> I said Spieth was going to win before July 1st. So if I say Finau is going to win before Spieth, now you're asking me to say that Finau and Spieth they're going to win before July 1st. So I'll say Spieth. I'll say Spieth wins before Finau. All right, you got a pizza on that too. You got a pizza on and that. And we tie. We tie. If All right, pizza win. on that. All right, pizza on. So I've got there a go. man. It's I'm I'm gonna have an expensive show if Speed doesn't play some good golf. In the next <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, by the way, if you just want reliable, you know what you're gonna get, and it's for sure gonna be a win. You need to head out to Diffie Ford Lincoln. Diffie Ford Lincoln is just 15 minutes west of the OKC Metro. These guys aren't out on the Texas state line. They're just west of the Metro. You can get there in no time. Head out there. They've been selling cars and trucks to Oklahomans for 66 years to last that long. In the automobile business, you have to treat people like family. That's exactly what the Diffie team prides itself on. So if you hate the typical car dealer hassle and are looking for a different experience on your next vehicle purchase, give the Diffies a call and feel free to ask for Lane Diffie. That's right. You can deal directly with the owner at Diffie Ford Lincoln. Diffie Ford Lincoln, just 15 minutes west of the metro on I-40 in El Reno. Gentlemen, yesterday... Bryson DeChambeau gets up on number 11. He chunk hooks his tee shot. It stays about a yard short of the water. Great break. Then he had a stake in his way, so he gets a drop. And then he balloons it into the front bunker. I don't know if anyone on this this show or anyone listening has ever ballooned a shot into a bunker. It has a tendency to plug. 166 yards, I believe. 166 yards. Ball plugs brutally. I mean, it was a, a bad, bad plug. So Bryson hits the shot, hits it out to like 47 feet, I think. And he says, as he gets out of the bunker on a hot mic greenside, God, worst bunkers on tour right there. <laughs> and Twitter exploded. Everyone's losing their mind. They're talking about it on the broadcast. It's And this is why earlier I said Bryson is growing on me because he's fun, but occasionally he can be a little bit of a doucher. And I think that that came out yesterday. Dude, this is Arnie's place. Can we get? Can we give the Sands some, a break? Yeah, I mean... Clearly, if you fan whatever club it was, what club was it? Like a nine iron? It was yeah. 166 yards. For yeah. him, probably a pitching wedge. Yeah, whatever. If, if you fan a nine iron into the bunker, I mean, it's going to plug 50% of the time. If you know what more, I mean? Yeah. But, yeah, it's a coin flip. But Bryson, where he dodged the biggest bullet, <laughs> at least with us, was that ball stopping short of the water because it was almost... Layup insert, with an insert, iron insert. into the hazard. It was almost layup with an iron into the hazard. <laughs> Cardinal so good. Sin, Cardinal Sin so good. can't do it. Oh, my gosh. That is amazing. Layup with an iron into the hazard. We were even texting each other. because <laughs> yeah, I mean, anyone who's listened to the show knows that's all of our favorite part of the intro. So... We, like, get excited if somebody hits it into the <laughs> no. water with an iron because we're like, ah, let's go. So. No, we want, it, we want it so bad more than any. And so, And, guys, I was so – because after he made that comment about the bunkers and he had that 40-whatever-footer it was, I was so ready to text y'all. I, I just hope he 3 put and I was going to be like, ball don't lie, guys. Ball don't lie. 
And what did he do? He freaking made the putt. He made the lied. By the, lied. By the way. All <laughs> lies for Patrick Reed and Bryson DeChambeau, but not anyone else. By the way, Daniel Rappaport, who covers golf at a high level, tweets out yesterday and said that he has heard from a number of players that there's too much sand greenside at Bay Hill, that the bunkers are too soft, balls are plugging when they normally wouldn't. Uh, guys... I don't mind if there's an occasional tour stop where the ball plugs in the bunker. Bunkers are a hazard. I have to play out of bad bunker lies all the time. Not every bunker in the world should be this stuff that they play at Augusta where it sits up on a tee every time. Well, you know, and, and two points to that. One is that, you know, I kind of I was texting you yesterday, and I know um, Muirfield Village, which is uh, Jack Nicholas's course and Memorial, his tournament, he, they're notorious for a few years ago, the implemented where they had the, the essentially the large rake grails or whatever it's called, right? right. So, yeah. so the indentions are real the, the deep. Grooves. The grooves. grooves, grooves yeah, that, the grooves. That's the, ter- that's the term I'm looking for. Yes, correct. The grooves were essentially deep and thick. So for anyone knows, it's almost like you're never going to get a good lie in the bunker. You never have a chance. So yep. maybe this is an old, maybe it's one of the, a classic thing. You know how Jack <laughs> and Tiger want the ball dialed back? Maybe we maybe we want bunkers to be worse too. I, um, I don't mind a guy being penalized a shot for hitting it in the bunker. If Bryson but, would not have made a 47-footer, then hitting it in that bunker essentially would have been a one-shot penalty. I, mean, I have no problem with if, that. And if it was like a six iron or a three wood or a driver, like I understand if him being upset if it Very plugs. True. But I mean, it was like a hundred, like we said, 160 yards, and iron. he flared a nine iron. Yeah, if, if you if you hit a four iron and it plugs, I mean, yeah, you're going to be a little frustrated at that. And and we've all probably played in, in bunkers that have had too much sand. But let me ask y'all guys this: Would the pros rather deal with that or play out of? A, muni- a bad municipal course bunker where it's literally dirt and hard pants and you can't get it. Wh- which one would they rather have? I would love L- to see. Also, Bryson was completely wrong. There is a course that shall not be named uh, that is north of the Oklahoma border, maybe in between here and Kansas City, whatever bigger town if you're driving up I-35. <laughs> and they literally have playground rocks in the in their bunkers. And so oh, no. that is by far – and. It, that was, that was a real pain I'm in the butt. Tr- I'm, really the, uh, to real say, I'm really trying not to say the course name right now because I don't want to bash them. I've played out some bad bunkers in my day. I've, I've played some some goat track golf courses, <laughs> and you can get in some bad bunkers, and it is tough. But look, Bay Hills bunkers might not be Augusta's bunkers, but they're not goat track bunkers either. I thought I thought it was uh, I thought it was very poor form for Bryson to say what he said coming out of that bunker. Well, and two, he's he's been notorious for. Speaking so highly of Arnie, you know, over, oh, the, over, over, over the year, ever especially since his passing. And I mean, to say that, I mean, obviously you can say, oh, well, Arnie's passed away. The course isn't Arnie, blah, blah. You can say all that, but they're, they're intertwined. They're interconnected. And they always will be. And so. And they I always mean, should be. And, and, of course. And so I think that obviously the timing of the hot mic was, was so bad, but he made the putt, ends up winning the tournament. So at the end of the day, I thought if, if gonna, you believe in the golf gods, you got to say Arnie wasn't too mad at well, it. Well, I thought it was going to catch back up to him on 16. Unfortunately, Lee Westwood came uh, up small. Yeah, uh, Lee, The definition of small. Yeah. Yeah. Here, here's my, my nice last claw point. grip, guys. Here, here's my last <laughs> point. On, hey, it's not the claw <laughs> uh, my, my last point on Bryson on 11. You're in the final group. On Sunday, you're in the lead. You're Bryson DeChambeau. You know that there are microphones. It's not like he was like, oh, I didn't know that they were going to catch that. No, no, no. Final group, Sunday, one-shot lead. Bryson DeChambeau. You know you're on the mic. You know whatever you say is getting picked up. He still said it. I thought it was poor form, but uh, he he got the win. So One thing I got to say, not to get too down a rabbit hole here because we already talked about Spieth, but we talk about hot mics and and. Mike's getting up close to players and caddies. Why is the Greller Spieth conversation so much more interesting than any other player caddy conversation? Because they there? talk so much more. But, but so do <laughs> other caddies. Uh, I just don't understand. Like we never got up close with Stevie and Tiger. Do we they just did- hear it more? Do, do they give us better the, the access? On, the to only it? person I've ever seen come close to the amount of caddy player conversation is Phil and Bones, and it was still about half. I would much rather listen to them than I would Spieth and and Gre- Because the thing is, they don't dive that much into it. They just talk about the random stuff. It's so cringy, too. I think part of it might just be like. <laughs> 
it, I think part of it might just be because their conversations are a little more entertaining because it just seems like Spieth is just whining at Michael the whole time, and then he's like, well, yeah. well, well I guess I'm going to hit it. Well, the, the, <laughs> thing that, the thing that makes me mad is that they take a full minute off of the coverage to listen to them talk. I want to see someone hit a freaking golf shot. I don't uh, want to listen to this idiotic talk. I, Dude, I, you, 100% disagree. I agree. I love player caddy talk. I agree with I, Colby. I, 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 let me rephrase this. I agree with it sometimes, but not every single damn shot. Oh, it's not every shot, though. It is I, every shot. I, I think they do it just the right amount yeah, of time. Yeah, I agree. I, I like I, the speed I wish they did it more, to be honest. I wish they I did it more with guys like Bryson. Yeah. But why don't they do it with Bryson? That's my point. Because it's boring. He's just well, talking well, about well, numbers. Why do you, you want to... Uh, how the hell you just say you want to listen to Bryson and then say it's boring? It's I, bo- I want to listen to Bryson. I mean, uh, it, it would be boring, though. Like, he would just be like, oh, it's 150 to here, you know, 150 to the bunker, 150, and then the wind and the... Yeah, it's quartering 75% off the left, you know, like... Let me, so, let, me so rephrase, let, let me rephrase my statement here because I agree with what, what y'all are saying. I love caddy player interactions. I love them. I love them I, just as much <laughs> I, as hey, I will shots. say. I, I will say we did get Bryson on number six when he, <laughs> I've never seen someone so upset about the wind direction on number six. Was it Saturday? It was Friday. No, it was Friday. So he couldn't go after it. It was Friday. Friday. And he's like, Dude, what is going on? I don't understand how it's not downwind. Yeah, it should be we downwind. Did get Bryson player, yeah, yeah. He, he was see, like, he was like, it's off to the left. Is it coming off the left? <laughs> see, see, guys, that, that, that's, my, that's my point. He was basically just making excuses for all the hundred people that were around the tee box. He's like, sorry, guys, I can't go for it. Right. Here. Yeah. So, so the way I phrased it was probably wrong because I do. I'm like you, Colby and Sam. I love player caddy interactions. I love talk, but. Okay, so here's a good here's a good way the pers- of the of, of, of the of, of speed yeah so of the amount of player caddy conversations that happened that we listened to what percentage of them were speed over the weekend eighty. Exactly. 80%. Why, why is 80 why is that why is that 80% of the traction? Their conversations are captured. I, I think it's because Speed <laughs> is always trying to talk both him and Greller into letting him do something stupid. <laughs> it's it's always Speed going, look, I think I can take a hybrid. Yeah. If I wedge it between these two tree limbs and I bank it off the hospitality tent, I think maybe the wind will catch it and it can hit that rake and then kick up onto the green. <laughs> it's always something ridiculous no, no, with those two. And it's like I, th- I think it's entertaining to hear Speed too because he's just always feels like he's on the verge of having an extreme panic attack. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's like what, what's going on here, Michael? Ma- Michael, Michael, that was so Michael. close. Michael, Michael, that was so close. Every, Michael, one more yard. And then every time, I, 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 every but, time. But that's Spies, post shot. That's post shot. Yes, every yes. time Speed says go, you're exactly right. Oh, my God. He gets there 100% of the yes. time. Sometimes flies the green. If, yeah. if Speed's <laughs> yelling go at his ball, the only thing I can guarantee you is that it's not coming up short. No. I don't know where it's going to be, but it's not short. My, my, my point just there, like I said, why I know that like, for example, I don't hear Rory and his caddy conversations. Um, JT and, and, and his caddy, I don't hear that much. Time. I just don't oh. understand why I don't understand why Spieth and Grell are gathered that much more attention than the other player caddy interactions. I don't understand. I don't understand. JT might have lost his talking privileges for a while. JT, they, yeah, they that's, might keep the mics away from JT. That's fair. Probably so. <laughs> for but, okay, so even before the 2021 Tour That's my point. That's my point. It's Grell, well, Grell 80% of the player caddy conversation should not be on Jordan Speed. It should be maybe 10% at most and give some to the other players I and say caddies. let's get more player caddy conversations yeah. for everybody else. I love it. I think it's fascinating. Uh, let's have a little fun with the numbers, guys. Let's do some fun facts, shall we? All right, little guessing game here. Most PGA Tour wins in the last five seasons. In the last five seasons, three names on this list. Can you name the three names? The three have had the most wins. The most wins over the last five seasons. Dustin Give me the Johnson. three names. Dustin Johnson is one. DeChambeau. DeChambeau is one. One other. Most wins last five seasons. Uh, JT. JT. It was not a trick question. JT. So can you guess how many those three guys have over that span? Any guesses? Like total or each guy? Uh, total over the last five seasons for each guy. Each guy the last five seasons. And they're all the same? They're not all the same. They're not two of them are, but they're not all the same. Let's see. I will say I'm gonna say average five years six. I'm gonna say DeChambeau's three, right? No, nope. he's got way more than three. Way more uh, than three. Wait, um really? I'm gonna say nine for DeChambeau. Okay, well he's only got eight PGA tour wins in his career. So he doesn't have well, nine over well, the last he, five well, he seasons. Well, did, he didn't win before the last five seasons, so I know that. Yeah, he's got eight. He's got eight over the last five seasons. But so that's all he has in his career is eight. So, and what I say, nine? Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. That's including you. Were close. Close. You were close. Wow, okay. He has, what, what about he has J- eight. What about wins? JT and DJ? Yeah, he's got eight wins. Oh my god. DJ, DJ. DJ, I'm gonna say eleven. 
Uh, DJ's got 12, and I already told you two of them were the same. JT's also got 12. Okay. So JT 12, DJ 12, Bryson 8. How about most? So a little bit, so just for reference, a little bit over for those guys, right around two a year. A little bit over uh, and under. Yeah, Give roughly. Yeah. roughly. Uh, okay, this one, I, I think there's a name here that you won't get. Most PGA Tour wins when trailing, entering the final round in the last five seasons. Three well, names on the list. Well, it's not Tony Fee now. Three names on the list. Trailing, entering the final round. Trailing, entering, trailing, the, final entering round. the final round. Last five seasons. Most most wins. Most wins trailing. in that scenario. Kevin Na. Kevin Na, not on the list. Good <laughs> guess. Good guess, because he's won several times, but not on the uh, list. Oh, man. There are some names. Uh, Rory? Not Rory. Well, let's just throw out the guys that we listed. D- DJ. Uh, DJ, not on the list. Uh, JT, then. JT is on the list. Tied for first with five. Bryson. Bryson's on the list. Tied for first with five. Only one other name on the list. And we won't get it. it you know. It's it's a big name, but I, I don't think you'll get it. Webb. Nope. Uh, nope. Not wrong. Cantley. Xander Shoffley. Oh, in the last five wow. years, Xander and Shoffley. he hasn't won in three years. And he hasn't won since uh, 2019 Century. And two. he uh, yeah, two plus, two and change. We can round up. Yeah. Um, yeah, Xander Shoffley has four wins in the last five seasons when trailing entering the final round. How crazy is that? Wouldn't guess that. No, wouldn't I wouldn't guess that. At especially all. when you had one in two years, two and a half years. How about this? On approach shots this week, outside 200 yards, Bryson was seven under par whenever he had an approach wow. shot over 200 yards. That was only second best of anyone in the field. Give me the first best. Lee Westwood. Who led the field this week. Approach shots outside 200 yards, playing those holes under par. It was not Lee Westwood. I'm going with the par five man, Corey Connors. It was not Corey Connors, although that's wow, a good that's guess. that's a good guess. Because it's a good guess because he made three eagles. What about my man, Christian Bezadenhut? It was not Christian Bezadenhut, but you're you're kind of on the, the right track with a foreigner who has Chris in his first name. Was it Will Zalatoris? Nope, Will Zalatoris does not have Chris in his first name. Oh, yeah. Has, a foreigner, oh, I was looking a at foreign, the stats. A foreigner with Chris. A what? foreigner with Chris. From Norway, played golf at Oklahoma State. Christoph Ventura. How about Christoph oh, wow. Ventura? The hole in one helps. The hole in one helps because that hole yeah. is playing over 200 yards. He finished the week eight under par whenever he had an approach shot of 200 or more yards coming in. And he, and he finished, and he was two over on the week for the tournament. He should have laid back. I should have laid up. Right? Quinn <laughs> is so close Just to don't lay up with an iron into the hazard. Christoph right. needs to dial it back. Hashtag dial it back. Uh, last one here, and then we'll call it a day. The field scoring average yesterday at Bay Hill was 75.5. When was the last time it was higher? Last year. It was not higher last year. I couldn't wow. believe it. It was actually about four-tenths of a shot higher yesterday than it was last Do major, year. Do majors count? Uh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm talking about just at Bay oh, Hill. Oh, just at Bay when Hill. When was the last just time, when was the last time it played that tough? By the way, you're not going to be able to guess it. 1990. 19- 1969 is a good guess. A nice guess. 1980, <laughs> the stroke average in 1980 at Bay Hill was 79.1. Arnie must have not had a very good Friday night or Saturday night and set up the if, course stuff. If TV coverage of that <laughs> final round exists somewhere, they've <laughs> got to run it back on golf's greatest rounds. They've got to. 79.1 scoring won that average? Year. And what was yesterday, 75? That's a great question. 1980 Bay Hill <laughs> leaderboard. I got to know who won and what the winning score was. I wonder yesterday what... it was 75.5, so it was 3.6 strokes higher. Bay Hill Classic, 1980. I'm pulling up the leaderboard. We probably wouldn't be able to look it up this show. I wonder when the last time PGA Tour scoring average was 80 or above. So, okay, so it must have been playing easy early in the week. Dave Eichelberger won. No relation to Daniel Berger. Dave Eichelberger. (laughs) Berger spelled the same at the end of his name. It's B-E-R-G-E-R. That's where my brain went. There were only two guys under par that week. He finished at five. Leonard Thompson finished at two under. But here's the scoring for Dave Eichelberger. 69, 66, 70, 74. Uh, A lot of strokes gained on that final day. I want to see if anybody shot even par on the last day. Raymond Floyd shot even par on the last Winner day. Winner at Southern 72. Hills. Yep, Raymond Floyd won it at, at Southern Hills. He was the only player in the field to... There was no cut. There was only 75 people in the event. No cut. He was the only player in the field to even shoot even. Nobody else even shot even in 1980 at Bay Hill. Everything else was over par. And for any of the rounds? Uh, just for the final round. Oh, just for the final round. Score, okay. Scoring was, was fairly normal rounds one and two. Got a lot tougher on Saturday and then got a lot tougher on Sunday. Holy moly. Unbelievable. Dave Weichelberger, famous for the Greater Milwaukee Open, uh, won that uh, 
two times. Greater Milwaukee yeah. Open uh, is most famous for, for Tiger making his hole in one and his, PGA, his PGA Tour debut. Well, I guess Hello World, huh? Hello World. Yeah. Why not? Uh, fellas, another good golf week. Uh, we did not cash in the DraftKings this week, although I want to give myself runner-up credit again because I was in fourth. So here, here's what I've done the last five <laughs> weeks. I've been in the top five the last five weeks in our DraftKings pool, and I've only cashed twice. Because I finished fourth twice, and I finished fifth once. And I'm be real honest with you, it's starting to sting. In, if, in, if anyone can find out Justin Rose's Venmo, I'm, I'm going to request hey, today. $3? Hey, yeah. Hey, hey, just hit up MasterCard, bro. You know he's sponsored by him from all the commercials. Oh, so yeah, I know. And, by the way, uh, I could use an ice cream cone. <laughs> that sounds good. Yeah, let's go get some. Because um, it's going to be warm this week in the state yeah. of Oklahoma. Hey, We're going to blow away, but it's going to be warm. Hey, one, yeah. thing, one thing I'll say about our DraftKings before we get out of here was that Colby, you had six made cuts. Sam, you had six made cuts. One was a withdrawal. I had four. I'm kind of I'm you know you play in that scramble and you have the guy who doesn't do anything really, but but you know, tags along and gets the check with you at the end you, of the week. You, you can tag me. It's okay. Yeah. So <laughs> it, so so the way I'm gonna say it is out of the seventy third hole, we had sixteen of the eighteen guys make the cut. We we had sixteen of the eighteen make the cut. Now yeah. both of the misses were yours, but we don't even need to tell people that. We'll, yeah. just, we, we'll just no, edit that out. No, yeah, edit that part out, Colby. I'm sure <laughs> that happens. All right, good stuff. This week is the players. One of the most fun weeks of the year. Got a lot of coverage coming from Ponte Vedra Beach. Do Biggest this first of the year, too. The biggest we'll, purse of the year. We'll be talking a little bit of Brooks, unfortunately. Yeah, Brooks Man. WD with two picks in the one and done this week. Hey, that's yep. hey, that's true. For anyone who filled out your DraftKings lineup early, make sure to go take Brooks out because I know yeah. he was still on there. Yeah, so. he Brooks, said he had a WD. knee injury, but right you knee know, is what he, he says. He, he withdrew right after they released the pairings and he was playing with Rom and Reed. So. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, is it worth <laughs> having to play for two days with Rom and Reed? to win potentially $2 million. For Brooks Kepke, it might not be. <laughs> you know, he might go down to Padre Vida Beach anyway and just hang out on the beach with Jenna. Yeah. Doesn't sound like a bad weekend. It might be more fun for him. Yeah, knows? absolutely. So, uh, all right, do this right now. Homework, two things I need you to do. Go to golfoklahoma.org, subscribe to the email list, check out all the great content there. And wherever you are listening to this podcast right now, subscribe and rate this podcast five stars, preferably if you appreciate what we do here. We would greatly appreciate you all. And and now Sam's telling me we got to throw something in here at the end. What'd you see? By the way, Dave Eichelberger went to Oklahoma State University. No! Yeah, he did. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Wait, I, like I said on the last show, we he got led, too many good Oklahoma he players. Led, he, I'm reading through He led the Oklahoma State Cowboys to the 1963 NCAA championship. Guys. Graduated in 1965. That's how he, that's how he played so well at Bay Hill through the wind. <laughs> Guys. We've got to get him on to talk about the final oh. round in 1980 yeah. at the Hill. We've got to. Yeah, It's infamous. 79 scoring average. 79.1. And his last name, I mean, it's like a mix between Aishans and like Burger King. It's oh like God. the greatest restaurant Can of all time. Can you imagine if you took a burger and then you put Aishans chicken on it? Wow. That's Dave Eichelberger. You yeah. know, I, have, I don't have any okra. kids yet, guys, oh but I might have, might have found my kid's middle name. Eichelberger? Eichelberger. <laughs> so good. I hope, I hope Dave isn't what you were going for. Uh, all right, good stuff. Rate the podcast. Go to GolfOklahoma.org. Check it out. We are the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. We're back tomorrow with more. Thanks for listening to the 73rd Hole.